Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network right across Australia. This is The Breakfast Show. You are with Lyle and Mon and we have no idea what day of the week it is that you're listening to the show <laughs> yeah. because it's the delayed broadcast. Could be any day. Pick a day, any day, Lyle. Yeah, but it is, it is not... It is not, not the 5th of June. Tuesday, the 5th of June. You are listening to the late broadcast. So we record this on Tuesday, the 5th of June, and then you listen to it some other day. But do you know what? Do not probably despair. Probably the 6th. Yeah, probably <laughs> more than likely the 6th. But don't despair because you can actually jump onto the live show and you can listen to us live on the day that it actually is. And we would love you to do so. Yes, it is very simple to do. There's so two ways that we do it. Uh, one is you can go on our website, which is faithfm.com.au, and just press play on the live stream or indeed you can download the tune in app which is a wonderful app you download the free version search for faith fm australia and also just press play and you can like what plug that into your into your cast yeah you can run it through your bluetooth run it through your headset Mm. i run it through a tape insert because my car is ancient yeah it has a tape player has a factory tape player (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i drove all the way from melbourne to sydney and i plugged it into the uh, aux cable and my um, mate watches my, my mate listens to it in his tractor Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah, there you go, reading. tractor. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can okay. listen to it. I listen to it. And he, has it, he, leaves it he leaves it tuned in in his tractor so that when um, his non-Christian brother gets into the tractor, it's already tuned yeah, in to Faith I FM. see how. Yeah. Witnessing, witnessing right there. Yeah, I actually, I, I listen to it from uh, on my phone as well, which is great because often when I when I get to my destination, when I'm driving and I want to hear the rest of the segment, I don't have to like sit in the car. I can just I've got a great idea. I've got a great idea. Yeah. On your yeah. car radio. Mm-hmm. Preset all of your stations to 87.6 so that when <laughs> do that before you ever loan. Whenever you're going to loan your car to someone, preset all the stations to 87.6. And then do and a then little video and tell us about it because that is a great story. Yeah, we I want to hear it. that story. What did they What did they say when they found every single <laughs> preset was 87.6? <laughs> or 87.8 or 88. <laughs> Depending on which one you have in your local area. Anyway, we have a great show coming up today. Wonderful stories, wonderful segments, amazing music, Oh, of the course. interview today, we've got oh. Matt Parrott coming in who has personally by himself alone at home with his wife obviously mm. um, that delivered two of his three sons yes incredible story the, uh, the story of the most recent one mm-hmm. yeah wonderful wonderful heartwarming story really enjoyed that that interview uh, we have some wonderful advances in the world of technology and medical aid oh love that one as well and uh, and then we have our fabulous Bible study, which is so intriguing. It's just a cliffhanger every single time about the beasts in Revelation. Yeah. There's solid breakfast coming up your way. There's even a bean challenge coming up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, Mon gets me back on this one. Big time. Anyway, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. I have lost my appetite And the flood is welling up Behind my eyes So I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words To cut and tear and prod When they ask me where's your God Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your face to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you When I behold your glory, you so faithfully renew Like a bed of rest for my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you When I'm staring at the ground It's an inbred feedback loop that brings me down So it's time to lift my brow And remember better days When I love to worship you in all your ways With the 
the sweetest songs of praise Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your grace to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you And when I survey your splendor, you so I am satisfied in you Let my sighs give way to songs That sing about your faithfulness Let my pain reveal your glory As my only real rest Let my losses show me all suffer in my place and to tell me that I'm safe so why am I down why so disturbed I am satisfied I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in you I am satisfied in you I am satisfied Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Australia. Welcome back to our breakfast show. We have another, well, we have the first clue. I say another clue because we already gave one out on Instagram. Yeah, that's right. It's the first clue still, but you could have answered this one well about, and truly. Uh, 12, about 15 minutes ago. You could, have had the, yes. you could have had the prize 15 minutes ago before the first quiz. Clue was given away. And we would have had to have started a new quiz. (laughs) Damn, maybe there would have been two prizes this morning. Okay, so today's quiz is a what book am I quiz. It's a super easy one. Super. So it's like like one of 66 books of the Bible. Okay, I'm going to give you a quote from it. So this verse is from this book. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Mm-hmm. Oh, if you know the answer, give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. You can even message me on Facebook. It's Faith FM Australia. Just jump on there. Or do you know what? Even just reply to my Instagram post and you can uh, snap up the prize. There you go. What are we talking about today, Mon? Oh, Lyle. Okay, so you know how I'm like a bit of a fan of 3D printing? Yes. Well, 3D printing is very cool. It is super cool. At yes. first I was a little bit like, ugh, it's freaky. But now I'm like, this is awesome. Um, and on this show, we have previously talked about uh, the first ever 3D printed house, the first ever 3D printed car. Mm-hmm. Guess what they are now printing, Lyle? I have no idea. 
Come on, give a stab in the dark. Um, let me think. Tablets. Ta- Ooh, no, it's not tablets. <sighs> but that's a pretty good guess. They are printing corneas. Corneas. Human oh, like as in corneas. Eyepiece things. Yes, the, it's the things it, that go in your eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, and this could, re, you know, this could restore vision for millions of people. This absolutely astounding. So it's the outermost layer of the human eye, and uh, you know, it, pl- it plays an important role in focusing vision. Uh, but unfortunately, that you know, there is a significant shortage of corneas available for transplant because that's how you you would get a replacement cornea. You have to wait for a transplant. Um, you, you can't make artificial ones. You can now. Well, kind of, kind of. Let let me get there. So there's about 10 million people worldwide right now who are waiting for surgery to prevent corneal um, blindness as a result of diseases. You know, there's trachoma, there's infectious eye disorder. And in addition to that 10 million, there's about 5 million people who suffer total blindness um, due to corneal scarring caused by like burns and lacerations and abrasions and diseases. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge issue. So like 15 million people right now need corneas. and so this, what they've done, this was done by uh, uh, the university, uh, Newcastle University. Oh, there you go, right here. No, 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 in uh. the UK. Oh, what? <laughs> our sister, our sister uh, city over there. And, um, but they did, what they did was they, they got stem cells, right? That city uh, was named after our city, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know it. So they got some stem cells from a healthy donor, um, cornea, and they're, they're mixed together with alginate and collagen and it creates a solution that can be printed and they call it bio ink and uh and then using like a simple low-cost 3d bio printer uh they use this bio ink to successfully um you know make it print a human cornea and it takes less than 10 minutes to print so the dimensions of the of the printed tissue they're originally taken from an actual cornea um so they scan like the patient's eye and then they use that data um to print like a cornea that matches the shape and and, and size of their eye and uh and it's just incredible because you know it, the the allergen and the collagen collag- alginate and the collagen keeps the stem cells alive while the uh the, while producing the material it has to be stiff enough to hold its shape but soft enough to be squeezed out the nozzle of, nozzle of a 3d printer and so from one donor, oh. instead of having like one donor who can only donate to one other patient, you know, you could take stem cells from one donor to just make just scads and scads of corneas. So and just pop a 3D printer on one arm, mobile phone in the other with a uh, data connection, fly, yep. to, to fly, fly to the middle of a developing country somewhere and start printing out corneas. I know. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. I'm just... I, I'm so into it. <laughs> this is <a> really, really <laughs> uh, the, this whole stem cell thing just fascinates me. Yeah, yeah. You know the. Uh, Do you remember the, when it first came out? I know, was, and was so was, scared about. Uh, freaked out. <laughs> well, there are some three freaky things involved in. Uh, in you know the whole stem cell thing, but it's definitely something we need to be researching. You Absolutely, know? anything that holds back scientific endeavor is not necessarily a good thing. I mean, then we need to have ethical considerations for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we want to um, you know we want to discover and learn and and expand our horizons as much as we can because that's the way that God created us. He Absolutely. made us to be inquisitive human beings that find fulfillment in creating cool things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why Absolutely, I like old cars. Yeah, and I. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's kind of sad, you know, when people, um, you know, you have to look back on history and how people, you know, sometimes they killed scientists and forward thinkers. Oh, yeah. You know, or imprisoned them or made them recant their them. findings. I know, and isn't it crazy? All this kind of face the Inquisition because they found something in science. Is it just because humans are scared of new, scared of the new stuff? I don't know. You get, well, you get this, you get this strange tension, don't you, where you have oh. those that are scared of everything that's new. And then there's, there's tension with no, let's discover anything that's new. Mm-hmm. And then of course you have some uh, some some weird things where you know that, that they they create um, animals using human DNA, and mm. you know that's that's starting to get into a very grey area yeah. ethically, of mm-hmm. course, um, because they've had some very you know rather dodgy experiments there. But at the same time. Seriously cool information coming out of it. Yeah, like this is yeah. incredible. And and of course information here that can be of enormous benefit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to you know to the world absolutely i and, and i do you know i do understand when people get scared they often get angry i, I have the same reaction um for some reason uh if i if i'm made to feel afraid i get angry about it because i hate feeling afraid so much oh, so really? yeah yeah so i understand you know 
how people can get angry and be abusive towards, you know, this kind of stuff. But I think it's good to know who we are and how we react so we can maybe control that. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, I have some other fabulous news. This is so sweet. This is something that makes me cry for serious. So, there is a soup kitchen in uh, the town of... You've been doing a lot of crying lately, Mon. Yeah. <laughs> you, were going, you were going to cry on radio yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chin, Chinto Tiger. I have no idea. It's in Virginia, okay? <laughs> it's in Virginia and it's you in, can't pronounce it? It's it's a weird look. It looks like two words that came together and made one awful word. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, town of Chintotica, whatever. So they have this wonderful soup kitchen. and um, But this is a soup kitchen for with a difference, right? Uh-huh. So usually it's called Mana Cafe. And usually when you think of soup kitchens, you think of um, a place that serves people who, um, you know, are destitute, who homeless. Homeless, homeless yeah, people exactly. get a cup of soup. This is a, this is a one with a difference. And this is something that's uh, close to my heart because it's something that makes me uh, very emotional. Uh, this is combating loneliness in the community. Oh, really? Literally. So, Manor Cafe started uh, a few years ago and it was actually about delivering um, food to people who were unable to leave their houses. So, you know, people who were stuck, yeah, yeah. you know, shut in. Um, elderly folks, sick folks. So that was on wheels. Yeah, so that's what we, that's what it was initially about. If you couldn't leave your house, they're going to bring you some food. But um, the people running it, which is a couple, Fran and Bill Lit Little, yeah, Fran and Bill Little, they noticed that often the people that they were delivering food to just would just crave to have them stay longer and hang out with them and spend time. Mm. And so they realised loneliness is a massive issue, which it is, and it makes me sad because loneliness is such a, an easy issue to fix, in mm-hmm, my opinion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Um, and uh, and so they started hosting uh, these these you know cafe lunches and inviting all these people along, and so many people have benefited. So from So these people are shut in. Do they what do a bus run and pick them up or? Yeah, they do all kinds of work. Like some like these people, they aren't always shut, uh, shut ins for permanently. They're sure, just yeah. you know sick. And when they're well enough, they know they'd come out. But the ones that can't move, they do get assistance getting to the cafe. And uh, and you know one elderly guest shared, you know, I've lived here all my life, and it's only been now that I've made so many new friends. Oh, wow. uh, it's just so sweet, um, you know, and and the ministry has grown because uh, it is a ministry, you know, and they now, you know, they now um, provide coats for people who need, you know, warmth in the winter and uh, gifts for kids at Christmas, and they've just had so many add-ons to the ministry, just become huge. But the the key the key focus is still combating community loneliness, which is it sounds like an oxymoron, community loneliness. Yeah, yeah. But if you have a community that's suffering so much loneliness, you know you have a you have a community issue, you have a community problem, yeah. and uh, and so they, they they sort of call it like a community party, and uh, and yeah, they have lunch every day together. That's amazing. Isn't that's that fantastic. lovely? Yeah. yeah, I would love to. Loneliness is such a such a terrible thing. It, it is, is just one of the. Yeah, it is. There's nothing worse than being lonely. Yeah. And there was uh, there was a story on the news uh, maybe about a year ago about an elderly couple in Italy. Um, their neighbours called the police because they were, they could hear this elderly couple crying, and the police turned up and they were crying not because something was you know something was going wrong, but they were just lonely and they were crying because no one would visit them. And so the mm. police like sat down and made a bowl of pasta with them and had dinner and. Yeah, if you know someone who's lonely, it is as easy as sharing a meal with them. So have a think about someone that you might know who would love to spend some time uh, fellowshipping and just uh, remember Jesus' example and uh, share a meal with them. i 
Welcome back. That was Audrey Sad, Spirit of the Living God. And we have Zainab from South Australia who has called, called in with an answer to the quiz. Welcome to the show, Zainab. Thank you. Do you have an answer for our quiz today? Um, I'll try, yeah. Okay. What's your answer? Um, um, I think it's James 218. Ah, very good. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations, the book of James. It well is done. indeed the book of James. That was well done on the first clue. I'm very impressed. We're going to send you the prize today. It's a Soyan Eastern album. Thanks for calling in, Zainab. That's fantastic. Well, there you go. See what happens, Mon, when you put out the uh, the quiz early on Instagram. Yeah, I know. Right? And it snapped up just like yeah. that. Should we start another one? Uh, we'll keep another one for tomorrow. Okay, okay, yeah. fine. Anyway, I want to talk about cake wars. Oh, cake. Go on. Uh, you, you're a keen baker. Yes. Are you familiar with the cake wars? I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay. So, for those of you who might not be familiar with the cake wars, the cake wars um, were instant. Uh, instigated in the United States, um, oh, what would it be about um, eight or ten years ago now? I'm not sure exactly. Um, and this was the LGBTQI etc. community uh, targeting Christian businesses for destruction because of their faith and their belief in God. And it began with cake shops where they would go in and ask a cake shop to bake them a cake with a message on it that promoted same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. And the cake shops, and these were Christian businesses that were targeted, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the cake shops would refuse based on freedom of religion and freedom of speech, that they did not have to actually say those words themselves because, you know, if you are writing a message, mm-hmm. then you are speaking those words. Mm-hmm. And so um, they were uh, then dragged, of course, into court and uh, many of them were put out of business. And uh, it really unleashed a wave of religious persecution across the United States, mm-hmm. um, and uh, was consistently so unbelievably yeah, petty. Uh, but and it was consistently upheld in the lower courts. I mean, it's like, hey, if somebody doesn't want you to bake a cake, go down the road and find find the another competitor. baker. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and there'd be lots of competitors out there. Like, yeah, I'll take your business. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know? Um, because, you know, <laughs> the simple reality is that, uh, you know, when it comes to business um, in a, and competition, competition does not see colour, competition does not see race or sex or mm. preference or anything like mm. that. It is a it is blind to all of those things. But anyway, that's, that's the way it is. Anyway, this one um, comes to the Masterpiece um, Cake Shop. Now, it was interesting because I couldn't find this story on any of the news websites this morning. It's probably there now. I hope it's there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was sort of scratching my head thinking, this is big news. Why isn't it there? But anyway, um, Masterpiece in Denver, Colorado were asked to bake a cake with a message promoting same-sex marriage. So they were uh, targeted for uh, destruction and, um, and of course, they refused because, you know, they, were, they, they refused on the basis that they were using their artistic ability to speak a message that they did not agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, same-sex marriage in Colorado was illegal at this time. This was in 2014, and so same-sex marriage was illegal. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was taken to the um, Colorado Civil Rights Commission, which eventually ended up in a lawsuit, uh, which the cake shop lost, as all of the other previous ones had. Um, they were ordered to bake cakes for same-sex marriage couples, even though same-sex marriage was illegal. Um, they had to change their company policies to state that they uh, supported baking cakes for same-sex marriage couples. They had um, to provide comprehensive retraining for all of their employees, um, and they had to pass in quarterly reports on all of the steps taken and all of the cakes that they had made for same-sex marriage couples, even though same-sex marriage was still illegal in that particular state. That's disgraceful. Um, And so this was then appealed. It was upheld by the Colorado Court of Appeal, so they took it to the Colorado Supreme Court, who refused to hear the case. Wow. What? Why? Uh, They just did. Um, So then it was appealed to the Supreme Court and um, the Colorado Civil Rights Commission and the American Civil um, Liberties Union, the ACLU, both fought to have uh, the Supreme Court knock it back and refuse to hear it. But interestingly enough, this time it was heard. Mm-hmm. And this time, the Supreme Court came down in favour of the cake shop. Wow. 7-2 majority. Praise the Lord. Because they stated that the, uh, the, the, the Colorado... Um, 
uh, what was it called? The Colorado Civil Rights Commission had not taken into account religious belief mm-hmm. in the decision decision that they had made. Mm-hmm. And so this is a surprise decision. This is a decision that actually goes a little bit against the grain of where culture and our world has been going. Uh, but it's definitely a decision in favour of religious liberty. It's. I mean, to me, it's a little bit mind-boggling that that the courts voted initially in favour, ruled in favour of, um, you know, against the cake shop because the cake shop was trying to uphold the law, really, at the time in Colorado. Oh, yeah, if, absolutely. If, if it was illegal to be yeah. married, like Go surely figure. they would have been like, you know, uh, you know, apprehending the law or you know, colluding to break the law, whatever it is. You can't. You can't criminalize them for trying to uphold a law. Like well, it ridiculous. kind of wasn't, kind of wasn't because they were going to Massachusetts to get married and then come back to have their um, wedding reception. But either which way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and it does show that with a lot of these issues, it does not come down to what the law says. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly does not come down to religious liberty, which they have supposedly enshrined by the Constitution of the United States, mm-hmm. um, it comes down to what the, um, what the, what the, the feelings and emotions of the people are at this particular time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, th- there are a lot of things out there, Mon, that I strongly, strongly disagree with, mm-hmm. um, vehemently disagree with. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in religious liberty and I will defend to the death Mm -hmm. the privilege of somebody to take a religious position that is different from mine. Yeah, yeah. And to state that that, that, that position differently and – um, you know, one of the one of the interviews that I was listening to, uh, where this did actually hit the news service, um, you know, was a uh, you know a church pastor um, who was a married gay woman, mm-hmm. and um, and she was expressing her religious view on it, and I will defend her right to express that religious view, mm-hmm. even though I disagree with that religious mm-hmm. view, mm-hmm. because if I don't defend her right, then I lose all of my rights. And we need to remember this because I think sometimes, you know, it, uh, we only support religious liberty when religious liberty is supporting us. That's true. But we need to support religious liberty across the board. Mm-hmm. And so in this one, you know, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States has upheld my views on, well, it's held what, upheld what you know, my views on religious liberty is. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't made a decision on either for or against same-sex marriage. Um, they have made a decision in relationship to religious liberty. Now, obviously, I have an opinion on same-sex marriage, um, you know, and I could share with you from the Bible, you know, um, where that comes from. But as Christians, we should defend everybody's right to have an opinion that is different from ours and a religion that is different from ours. We should, you know, I will defend to the death the right for a person to worship Satan. Mm-hmm. They need to have the right. God gave yep. them that right. You know, that's, that's, that's a God-given right. If God did not give them that right, we would all be robots. Mm-hmm. If God did not give you that right, love would not exist. Absolutely. Freedom of religion is what creates love. It is the foundation of the government of God. And, 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 it's, and it's something that is so sacred that God will never remove it mm-hmm. from us ever mm-hmm. under any circumstances, you know, whatsoever at all. And so we need to be aware of this. You know, sometimes I find myself um, in defending religious liberty with strange bedfellows because people who defend religious liberty are people who generally are in the minority. Mm. You know, it's usually only the minorities that are calling for uh, religious liberty because the majority does not need protection from, you know, in relationship to religious liberty. They, They have it because they simply are the majority. Uh, it is always the minority. You know, the, the purpose for, in, in the United States, of course, we don't have a, a, a legal basis in Australia for religious liberty. And I'm sure the Australian government will be looking very closely at this decision that's been made by the Supreme Court because, you know, we do have the, uh, um, you know, Philip Ruddock is investigating religious liberty in Australia right now because, you know, we don't have it enshrined in law. So I'm sure they'll be looking very closely at what has happened um, in this particular case. But... Um, you know, the purpose for those um, amendments in the Constitution was not to protect the majority. They were never placed there to protect the majority. Those amendments were placed there to protect the minority, and that's who we need to be standing up for at this particular time. 
But anyway, we're going to uh, move on. If you've got a, an opinion on it, a thought, we would love to hear your side of the story. 1-800-324-843. Text us on 0491-064-669. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Savior. And life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strange In the light of His glory and grace Through death into life everlasting He passed and we followed there Sin no more had dominion For more than conquerors we are And turn your eyes upon Jesus Look full in His wonderful face And the things of earth will go strangely dim In the light of His glory FM, you're listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. We have no more clues for the quiz left on account of the fact that Zainab from South Australia called up after the first clue and got the quiz right and took the Snabbled prize Snabbled it up. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Zainab. You did a good job there. We do, however, have our very exciting interview this morning. Oh, we do. This is an interview with a difference. Oh, really? Yeah, we have, we've we got Matt Parra on. We've had Matt Parra on like a bunch of times because mm-hmm. he's always got interesting things to say. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um and but to, you know usually you know uh, from a biblical perspective and so forth and of course he's the our uh, local philosopher and 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 all that kind of thing but with a different story today oh really so yeah. i don't actually know what it is about all right all right all right matt welcome to the show hey good morning everyone good to see you guys yeah now matt i understand that congratulations are in order yeah yeah that's right you they have are, a uh, you, have, you have a third son is that right Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Third son, um, Desmond Scott Para. He was born um, last Friday night. Oh, congratulations! That's a really that's a really yeah, nice name, you. Desmond. Where did you get that name from? Oh yeah, we 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 loved uh, we loved Desmond Doss, and so the the war hero from World War Two, uh-huh. uh, the Seventh Day Adventist uh, conscientious objector, and yeah, so we named Desmond. I thought that might have been the case when that's I heard beautiful. when I heard that's his a, name was Desmond. I'm like, yeah, I, I reckon I know where that came from. But yeah, uh, that's yeah, fantastic, that's awesome. So, um, all right, so little Desmond, how's he doing now? Yeah, he's good. He's he's sleeping uh, quite a bit, which is really nice. I think he's. He's like part feline because he sleeps about 20 hours a day um, oh, wow. at, the, at the moment. So it's really nice. But uh, he's starting to kind of wake up and um, 
yeah, be semi. He's semi conscious, you know. How, was, how was the birth? <laughs> it's exciting. Um, okay, so Mon, yeah. Mon doesn't know this story. Okay, yeah. Well, it's pretty. So, it's pretty cool. We we were assured by the midwives and all the medical people that we you know worked with uh, leading up to the delivery that third child is is not like the second. This our second son Benjamin. Um, he came so fast that I had him at home. Well. Um, yeah, in the <laughs> I del- delivered him in the upstairs bath uh, room in our, in our rental house, wow. and um, and it was because he came fast. We intended it, just the midwives did, didn't come in time, and um, yeah, this is what happened. But hey, they Matt, all assured us. Matt, Matt yeah. I'm butting, I'm butting in for a second. We've got a really dodgy yeah, line here at the moment. Do you have a uh, a landline that we could call you back on? Oh, you know, this is no, I don't, I don't. But I was, I was getting someone was calling through. There, oh, okay. But I think, right. I think we're good now. All right. Okay, so your second son, you delivered your second son who came in a hurry in the upstairs bathroom of your rental house. <laughs> in the upstairs, yeah, that's right. That's an adventure. And, and the midwives assured us that the third child is not like the second, and they come really fast. Or sorry, they they take a longer longer time. Okay, so how long and, did the first? Uh, how long? Sorry, how long did the second one take? Oh, the second one from the first contraction to me holding him in my hands was about forty minutes. Whoa. That was the express. Yeah. You have a healthy yeah. wife. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, she's she's good at, at delivering babies. Um, it's pretty, yeah, pretty All right. intense. All right, which brings us, Desmond, which brings us to yeah. Desmond. That's right. So so yeah, they they assured us, and we planned around what they assured us, and that was that uh, third child don't don't expect it to be as easy as the second. They're typically more difficult to to birth. And so that's what we were preparing for. We we're going to go to the Belmont Birthing Center here uh, in town. And um, yeah, that was our plan. And um, from the time Sharice first started receiving contractions until I was holding Desmond in my hand was about 20 minutes. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just unreal. He's you know, in, just in a bigger hurry deliver. than his older brother. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So was there like and, uh, yeah, six so contractions and he was out? All three, three, three full contractions, and he he came. But you know, she started getting like little cramps, and it was funny. She said, oh, I, th- "I think this is a contraction, but doesn't hurt very much." And then she got like a real contraction. She said, "Okay, I'm I'm getting contractions now." We called the midwives. We told them that she was in labor. We thought that, this, that we would deliver the night, and uh, just wanted them to be ready. And then she went to jump in the shower just to kind of relax and kind of feel some warm water she had a second contraction said yeah and then you know her water broke and she looked at me and, and i was there yeah and she said yeah I, I i think i'm he's coming right now and <laughs> i said oh yeah so i called the midwife and she was on the phone and i'm just talking with her and little dude starts to kind of arrive if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and i just i said hey listen hang on one second and i put down the phone and just kind of moseyed on over to the shower and delivered him and uh he was kind of wrapped up in the umbilical cord and i just kind of unwrapped him and handed him to sharice and and then just picked back picked the phone back up like i'm talking to you guys now and said okay he's here (laughs) 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 here he is and uh as you can imagine the first the the first time was really really intense right like it was just i'm I'm freaking out adrenaline's going crazy and uh you know i'm praying i'm you know, my wife, Sharice, is freaking out because there's no, you know, we don't have any medical yeah. professionals there. It's yeah. just me. And she screams out, like, during the whole thing. She's like, if he's if Benji's born before the midwives get here, he's going to die. <laughs> and, then, and I'm thinking, well, there's n- not much confidence in me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that went okay. You know, thank God. There's yeah. no complications. Everything was great. And then the, sec- the second, it was our third child, but the second home delivery without any medical professionals uh, i was almost like kind of casual about it because i thought oh, I, been, i've been here been, been there done that yeah i know i, know. I, well, I guess i guess i guess when you think about it there are you know millions of babies born around the world every day that uh, are not attended by medical mm. professionals and yeah um, that's so, right. so many of them survive i remember um one time i was um, <laughs> some even survive <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, most of them survived. Yeah. That sounded bad, didn't it? No, but I was, I was um, some time ago. I was in the Solomon Islands, and we were in a remote village that was seven hours hike from the end of the four-wheel drive track, um, which was yep. you know three days by boat to get to the start of the. You know, this is like way in the middle of nowhere, and there was a baby born there. You know, two days before we arrived, and 
and uh, you know that was all pretty straightforward. And some of our team were a little bit freaked out, like you know, glad we weren't here a couple of days earlier because they might have um, placed us in responsibility of delivering the child. But you know, there's lots of children being born in, in yeah. uh, much worse conditions than a uh, you know a, a Newcastle suburban shower, I guess. So um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and the midwives were here within seven minutes, and yeah, it was it was great. It was the coolest experience. It, it's just wonderful, unreal, just now, so the, cool. And going back to the first time that you delivered your own child. Um, yeah. How far away were the midwives that time? Well, it was New Year's Eve, uh, and it was yeah, I think 2016 New Year's Eve, and the phone that's always the the, the line that you call yeah. that some midwife has at all times just for some reason wasn't working Ooh. that evening, and so the first time I called, I left a message. And then I called again, left a message, and then by the third time I called, the baby had been born. And oh, so, yeah, wow. we just kind of were stuck. We were just stuck in a situation where we couldn't get to anyone. And I, I looking back, I should have called. I should have called an ambulance. Really, like when I say should have, that would have been the safest thing to do. Sure. But um, in God's providence, that afternoon, the midwife, our midwife, his name is Dan. He's a fantastic, fantastic guy. He um, he he had kind of coached us through what we would do if we were to have to birth alone. Strangely enough, and it's funny because he's a really committed, spirit-filled Christian man. Yeah. And I think God just kind of gave him, yeah, the impression that he needed to kind of walk us through. So I had just been coached on what to do. And I'd seen the birth of our first son with the midwives at Belmont. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they were very, very helpful and taught us a lot. So I think I was as prepared as an on. An, prepared person could be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How long did it take for your f- very first son to be born? Oh, it was typical. Like, it took about 30, 30 hours of labor. Wow. So, you're going from uh, but 30, not, not, hours, not intense. 30 hours yep. to 40 minutes to 20 minutes. Do you reckon the next one might be right. like seven minutes? <laughs> Talk about a step up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that, is, that, that, that is definitely a question that needs to be answered, Matt. Um, another yeah. one? <laughs> No, no, we can't. We, I'm too old. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I, we, we, if I was younger, we'd have two more. She wants to have five or so, five Aww. or six kids because she's good at it. You know, she loves it. This Look, time just, she, she said, yeah, I've got a solution sorry. for you, right? Just one more, Please. but may, have twins. Uh, yeah. So, boy. <laughs> oh, after last night, after last night, I don't, I don't want any more. <laughs> My two-year-old was up all night and, ugh. But, um, yeah, hey, look, it was just so cool, hey, and I think that birth is just so great, and God, he, you know, we get to partner with God in, in creating life, mm. and that's, you know, the little person's born, and you're holding this human in your hand, and <clears throat> like, well, you were in there this whole time, you know, it's mm. like, wow, this was a person in there, there's a human being inside of that stomach, that wasn't just like some, you know, so, biological so, yeah. composition of cells, that was a person in there, yeah. that was great, it was great. So as a, as a as a father, you know, I've got I've got two sons. Yeah. And uh, mm. but, you know, m- both of my sons were born in hospital and I was yeah. there, but you know, I didn't uh, I didn't, you know, hold either of my sons until they were sort of wrapped in a blanket and I got to carry them back over to um to their mother, um uh, which is an incredibly special uh, experience. But yeah. what's it like as a father to actually deliver your own son? How do you how do you yeah. actually feel as a father? Yeah, you know it's cool because the first time I just felt like, thank God he's breathing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. the first time I, I was literally going through scenarios in my head before he came out because we were alone and I was like, what am I going to do if there's complications? Because I'm always trying to prepare for the worst, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as he came out, as soon as Benjamin came out and I delivered him, or Sharice delivered him to me. I was just, I held him, I handed him to Sharice, and I, I was just freaked out saying, is he breathing, is he breathing? And she's like, yeah, yeah, he's breathing, he's okay. I was like, no, thank you, God. Um, and and I just felt relieved, you know. Um, yeah. But with Desmond, because we'd been through it before, and I think I was a little more um, calm and in the moment, um, I can I can remember everything very vividly. I remember how the umbilical cord was kind of around him, and Sharice was a little upset. She's saying, hey, get him, get, get him unwrapped, because it was partially around his neck. Yeah. And we kind of, unwrapped it from his neck and whatnot and uh oh it just feels so absolutely awesome and just you just look at him and, and it's just you know there's this person and you completely don't know them but you kind of do you know uh-huh. like that's my son like that's my son that's that's the person i named that's the person we've been praying for that's the person that Sharice has loved and nurtured it you know inside of herself 
that that's 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 him you know that's the one we would sing to and and talk to the boys about preparing for and and oh there he is but he just looks so different you know they're just like you know obviously a little prunish and <laughs> almost like they're half raisin when they're born you know so yeah. this, is little, this is this freaky looking strange human you know and but you it's just beautiful i just love it it's it's the coolest thing and i, I can't believe that there are people who get to make a living i was just delivering them i mean so as how a, awesome as a, is that? As a, as a husband, how does it make you feel towards your wife to go through an experience like that? Oh, you know, Sharice is, uh, uh, my wife, Sharice, she's really tough stuff when it comes to these things. She's kind of like so inquisitive and so interested in the process of, of delivery that I think you kind of expect that it's not going to be too hard for her because she just, even the first deliveries of, of max our first son even though it was really long and normal, it was typical and real difficult um you know she said to this is what i'll say to you she said to me the other day oh you know labor's terrible and it's painful and all this she said but you know what it's not so bad because you get a baby at the end of it yeah. so she's just so interested in having the, the child that you know she just wants the boy so much that yeah, yeah. She kind of deals, I think, really well with the six juries. But obviously, yeah, she's tough. Women are, you know, it's awesome. I love it. I think um, God has given to women the opportunity to, um, yeah, be the vessel, you know, the vehicle for life. And um, and it just is such an example of um, inherent God-given potential. Um, so every woman who, every woman has this inherent the potential that's so powerful mm, and mm. so it's sublime and just profound, you know, and, and they, you know, they, and they go through this process of birth and delivery. Um, and I think they discover that they, 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 be, they, they kind of wake up to their womanhood in a sense, not that a woman has to have a child to do that, to be, to recognize she's a woman, you know, but there's a, there's a, a depth of understanding <laughs> that women receive about themselves and a, a strength that they just didn't know that they had yeah, and yeah. a power. Mm. Um, you know, women. I've always joked around and said that women giving labor, giving you know, birth, are kind of like they're they're warriors for life mm -hmm. because they have to kind of surrender to this enormous pain and um, physical suffering and and mental kind of toughness too, right? Like your yeah, mind's probably yeah. freaking out, your body's going through these crazy contractions and doing all this wild stuff to deliver this child, and and they've got to surrender to that and and kind of fight to give themselves over to this process so that someone else can live. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's there, there's a lot of gospel in that, you know, there's a lot of Jesus in that. And um, so women get this, get to live through this kind of gospel experience of surrendering to this magnificent and terrible experience of pain and difficulty so that someone that they love can come into the world, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's great. Matt, thank you so much for sharing this morning. What an incredible story! Story uh, yeah. delivering two of two of your three boys, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, the, and the lessons you've learned has been fantastic. Thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thank you guys. God bless you. Take care. That was uh, Matt Para, and we're going to listen to Chris Rice. Let me go I rest my weary soul in thee I give thee back the life I owe That in thine ocean depths its flow May richer, fuller be All my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray, that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. Oh, joy. Seekest me through pain I cannot close my heart to thee I trace the rainbow through the rain And feel the promise is not vain 
that morn shall tearless be. my head I dare not ask to fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead and from the ground there blossoms red life that shall endless peace life that shall endless peace Change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what? That's followed by. Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. Your 